With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, as I like to call it. You know, I've been doing this show for five and a half years, and I never dreamed when I started the show that the world would be going through what it's going through in 2020. I'm recording this in the middle of March with Ian... I'm going to mess up his name, Lobos, and I want to make sure I got that right. Got it. And, uh, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, while he is a very successful uh, real estate sales and real estate investor, he also, for a number of years, has also run sort of a life coaching, transformational life coaching business. And I think right now, everybody is in need of a little bit of life coaching as we face just the uncertainty. People have been locked down. People have been quarantined. People like me have watched their entire calendars of business vanish for the next several months. Uh, people are having their high school graduations and prom canceled. People are having their weddings postponed. There's so many things happening in the world. And we've talked over the last couple of weeks in a couple of interviews about uncertainty. And so I wanted to reach out to someone who really was in the business of helping people transform and someone whose superpower was really being able to surrender when life kicks you in the teeth. And that's what I think of in my friend Ian, not that he's been kicked in the teeth a lot, but he has learned how to just sort of go with the flow when you have to, when there's things you can't change. And that is part of sort of his identity. And I thought, you know what? That's what we need right now on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, because we're all getting kicked a little bit, whether it's in the teeth, in the stomach, or in the ass, everybody's feeling that kick. And so, uh, Ian, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. My pleasure for being here. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. I've been specifically seeking people out the last couple of weeks as we've been sort of going into this this health concern, this this sort of pandemic. But then on top of that, 
what I think is going to be a long tail of recession. I think there's a lot of people who are going to have going to struggle to find their way out. So I thought it would be good because you're so good at helping people sort of, you know, come out of, you know, come out of that darkness that I thought you'd be a great person to talk to. But first, could you do me a favor? Let's back sure. up in the in the life of Ian Lobos and let's talk about your career. So, you know, you've always been sort of entrepreneurial, but you said your dad started a business when you're three. Let's go back to, to your early days, maybe not to three, but let's, <laughs> you know, from, from your adult life, let's look at your entrepreneurial journey. How, how did that start and, and where did it lead you? You have to go back to three. My dad started an international shipping company when I was three and then fast forward my entire life till I got, you know, basically into high school and out and, and out, even out of college. That's all I knew. I knew you want to get paid, you work, you hustle, you grind, you do sales, you wipe the floors, clean the toilets and sweep the warehouse and stay till midnight and get back at 4 a.m. That's all I knew. That's it. I never had a job. Um, so there was a pressure there to be an entrepreneur, even if I wanted to have a job, which I never did. I was more scared of working for someone than I was. I was trying to you know, find my way through the world. Right. So um, maybe we should be interviewing your dad. It sounds like he's the better person for cool things entrepreneurs do than you. Why did we get Lobos Jr.? We should have had Lobos Sr. You should get him on. He's got some really cool stories. All right. As soon as, as, soon as the world gets back to normal, remind right, me of that. Right. We'll have your dad on the show. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I, I worked for my, or I mean, I ran my dad's uh, company with him until I was 29 back in like 2012. And I just, I, I, something wasn't right. And I knew I had to go out on my own. And I had that conversation, which was one of the toughest conversations I've ever had. And he said, I support you and, and go do your thing. And then I went out and I started a real estate, real estate sales and marketing business um, and started investing in real estate. And then, you know, fast forward, I've been doing that for almost eight years. Wow. Interesting. Now let's talk about sort of how you got into being a life coach. Cause I know that's something in addition, sure. you're great at your real estate business, but yeah. I've been with you when you've talked about both businesses and you light up like a Christmas tree. When you talk yeah. about being able to help people, helping them kind of find that, that thing they can't see. So how did you get into doing that? You know, help people sounds so cliche though. It's like, Oh, I love helping people. I love people. helping I'm people. Like, no, I'm, I'm, a a Walmart. Pe I'm a people person. <laughs> right. Go be a Walmart greeter. You can help people there. That's, you know, I, I love the work that I do on me to get me through certain things. I love to then give that back and kind of like, it's like the hand forward, hand back. Like I love to help people out of that mud so that, you know, on their trajectory or on their path, they actually, they're actually getting there faster because they have me as a guide. And I don't say that as like ego and to toot my own horn. That's my passion. And I really love that. And that's why you see me light up when, I, can, I like real estate a lot and, and I've been very successful in real estate. When I can help somebody to sell or buy a house or help someone out of a really crappy situation, I'm choosing the latter, mm -hmm. you know? So, so when I first met you, uh, you kind of had the real estate hat on. I met you six months yeah. ago, kind of had the real estate hat on. And then I met you again last week and you were like an entirely different person. And, and I think just from an outside observance on this, I think a lot of us self-identify with who we are as far as our job. So we put yep. on that mask or that armor of our job and, and we show up and we're, you know, whatever it is, we're a real estate man or we're doctor man or accountant man, or in my case, speaker right. boy, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, we, we sort of show up in that role and then 
yet sometimes there's a time where you have to take that mask off and and you were just so much more genuine when you weren't being king of real estate so (laughs) let's talk in these rough times that we're facing let's talk about why it's important to maybe maybe take off that mask and be a little bit more genuine maybe a little bit more vulnerable yeah that's a great question i mean it is of the utmost importance that you actually know who you are without the identification around a, a, a professional moniker or or title like label or something like yeah that. sure label like speaker boy <laughs> <laughs> and so you know i i've always been the shipping guy or the guy that can get this done or this guy or that guy or then the realtor or the real estate investor or the real estate expert or that i, I and, it, and i never and i say this because i'm not alone i don't ever think i understood who i really was and as as my foundation started to get shaky, leaving my dad's business, I used money and I used power and success to determine who I was. When that left, when I left my dad's business at the end of 2012, everybody knows what happened the previous four years. It sucked. My dad and I built a very, very, very successful, very large shipping company. And then it, you know, it really started heading downhill fast. Um, my dad saved it. It's all good. Everything's still good. Um, but like, I need to know who I was. And even in real estate, I jumped into real estate so fast that I became, I, I didn't know who I was at the bottom and I didn't like being a freshman again. So I said, successful people always get fed first. They always get the attention. They always get the love. If I'm number one, I'm not, I'm not in the crowd and hidden. I'm out front. And so I did, I put my identity on that. I'm number one. I'm a top producer. That's who I am. And then I, I started to hate my life. And I know there's a lot of people listening who are top producers who on the surface, you can probably say to yourself, I love it. I'm doing great things. I'm helping people do this. I'm blah. But when you sit at home at night or early in the morning, I'm pretty sure that there's a little split second of a thought that you probably nail down um, where you say, I don't know. What if I didn't have this? Like, who would I be? And that's the difference is most people only associate what they do. They never really associate who they actually are or who they're being. That's the person that you met is a guy that, uh, and we can talk about this next, who went through some really serious stuff last year in business um, and said, you know what, instead of going to do, do, do to mask and form a new identity, I'm going to find out who I really am. And then I'm going to build upon that. Well, I think a lot of people are going through that. I mean, we've only been in this this problem with the coronavirus for, you know, a couple of weeks and really only just about a week where it's really started to show that yeah. this is going to be a long term thing that's going to affect the economy. But a lot of people are being forced to work from home and their whole yep. social life is built around sort of that that connection to the people they work with. We spend so much time at work and now we're being asked to social distance. So the term I've started using is while we're social distancing, we also have to find ways to social tighten. We have to look for, we can't be there in person, we can't be at the restaurant or the bar, but we have to find ways to reach out to people and be genuine. But in order to do that, you can't do it behind the mask and the armor and the facade. In order to be a person who genuinely cares about your coworkers and your friends and your family and your community, you have to be you. And I think a lot of people are struggling right now as to, you know, how do I keep in touch with people? How do I be personal when I'm doing it through text or Skype or Zoom or email? And so I think there's a lot of stuff going on where people are feeling lost from that identity that they have of, of worker man every day or woman. Yeah, 
uh, and remember that that foundation of identity and of persona it gets formed so quickly because you, you're you're repetitive. You're at that office every day in that desk or in that cubicle or in that place, seeing these same people, and you're like, I'm here. I might as well be friends. And now I'm the funny guy, or I'm the guy that that parties a lot, or and you form that very quickly. This is a unique and really amazing opportunity for people because the fear of changing or shifting who you actually are being around people that know you in a certain way of doing or, or being that's tough to do when you're out at the bar and you're like, yeah, listen, I'm not going to crack those jokes today. I just going to be a different person. Like that's, that's, that's awkward. But so, now you can jump on a, a Facebook live and say, you know, what's, you know what, with this whole social distancing and all this cleansing happening, I realize that I'm living my life, not in the exact way I want to. And you can do it from the safety of Facebook live, or you can <laughs> do it from the safety of an Instagram story where People aren't in front of you going, what is wrong with you? What's going on with you? You're okay. You can admit that you don't have the virus and that you're not loopy, right? And you can start to start to, to uncover your being. I have a great analogy that I use in my coaching and consulting business where people will say, what do you do? And I'll say, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever heard of this story about how Michelangelo created the David? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, well, Michelangelo was was interviewed, and I don't know if this is true, but it sounds pretty cool. It's, yeah, I don't know it's that a, it's a true story, but it's a well-told uh, story. It's well-told, and it sounds awesome. Where, where Michelangelo was asked, how did you create the David? And he said, I didn't. All I did was pull off the pieces of marble that weren't the David, and the David was already there. That's who we are. We just put those pieces on the armor to protect ourselves or um, you know, this to, to guard against that or this to be upfront about this. All we have to do is just shed those pieces and the real us is just there. We're always there. So let's go deeper into Ian. So let's talk about what happened with you in the last year or few years where you've been able to sort of chip away what wasn't the David. So um, not the, again, not built, that you look like the David. <laughs> I built, a, like I said, I built a very successful real estate business with my wife and um, and then we got into a partnership and, and I'm going to preface this with something you said the other day or, or Debbie said, Debbie Adea said, don't share the, the wound, share the scar. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point where there, it's scarred up. And, you know, I had a business partner that chose to, um, to steal literally all the money out of the accounts, both the operating accounts and the construction draw accounts. And you can imagine how much that was. It's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I'm going to stay as very, I'm going to stay as, 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 you know, big piece of this as I can, because I can, I can go off into the weeds. This is not who I am. So I realized it. I had all the feelings, the anger, the enrage, the guilt, all that stuff. And I had a choice in every moment. I set a very clear goal and I talked to everybody in my life about that goal the lenders who he stole from the other people who he stole from my wife and other people that we know who were all taken advantage of. And I said, look, I'm the captain of the ship. Now, the only thing I can tell you is I have integrity and I need to figure out what the goal is going to be. And I told him all this goal. And then I sat at night enraged, anxious, panicked. And I thought, this is not how I want to live my life. I somehow created this. Now, I didn't steal anything and I didn't do anything wrong, but I also don't think I did everything right to prevent this from happening. So you can be pissed off. You can be angry. You can beat yourself up. You can, 
You can put vodka in your smoothies every morning if you want, or you can actually learn what surrender and letting go really is. And you can make this thing a tailwind instead of a headwind. And so I made that absolute commitment to myself, my daughter, because my son wasn't born yet, to my wife and to everybody in my orbit that this is the man I'm going to be. So I literally in one night, I think I made a deal with God or somebody and I stripped everything that I had been wearing off Hmm. all of that armor. And I emerged as just in and as scared as I was and as like raw and open and emotional as I was, it was so nice to approach people from a place of just, I'm, I'm here in the present. What can we do together? How can I be with you or how can I serve your help? So when I met you, it really was clear that you had made this transformation. And I, I told you, you're not even like the same person. How, how did that resonate with you? Um, it was clear. Like I really understood it. It wasn't, I, I didn't, it didn't strike my ego and it, and it wasn't a compliment or not. It was just, I knew exactly what you were talking about because that's what I'd been working on, on myself to clear out all the stuff that just didn't serve me anymore. And I know, like we talked about, this is cool things, cool things entrepreneurs do. And I'm telling you, I think, I think one of the coolest things that I've ever been able to do is learn how to truly surrender and be present with my daughter and my wife and among all this other stuff going on and all these people bearing down on me and trying to sue me and coming after me for something I didn't even do. And then me having integrity to my word um, and just surrendering to what is. And then honestly, as hard as it was or as challenging as it was, letting go of, of what happened and realizing that the more I hold on to it and chase that, the more it's just going to stop me from forward momentum. Hmm. And I know we talked about my dad earlier, but my dad always been this guiding light for me, whether I followed it or not, as you know, like we, sometimes we learn from our own mistakes. And yeah, the, old, the older I get, the smarter I realize my father was. Right, right. So now I go to my dad for everything. And my dad, I said, dad, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. What do I do? And he said, you let it go. And I'm like, are you nuts? How am I going to do this? He goes, no, the, the more time you spend in your mind share going after this thing that you're never going to get any money out of. You're just going to get vengeance and, and revenge. It's nothing. Um, you, something else is showing up in your life f- f- through this and you need to be and be open to that. So surrender is key. And I was not having that in the first couple of weeks, but and it happened. So Ian, I've got a couple more questions for you and I'd like to move this into advice for people listening to this episode. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipments, training, and guidance to ensure that you're gonna sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Ian Lobaz. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Ian, let's say in the current state of affairs, there's an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or a business leader or heck, someone with a job who's listening to this show 
and they're overwhelmed like you were when your business partner stole hundreds of thousands of dollars and everything was cratering in around you. What advice would you have if they were your coaching client? If somebody listening is really like, oh my God, my income has stopped, my identity has stopped, I'm, I'm sequestered, I'm, I'm quarantined, they're freaking out. What would yeah. you tell them? First thing I would tell them, honestly, and it's probably one of the most challenging things is besides surrender and just letting go of what was is taking inventory of what you are doing and or not doing, what's serving you, what's not serving you, taking inventory of who you're being. You might even want to call some friends up. And I know this is tough for a lot of people, but call a friend and just ask them, like, how do I show up to you? Who am I being when I'm with you? This will get you a nice foundational element to start from because you'll know who the old you was in your old way of being and doing. You'll know where you actually want to go. And then the other thing that I tell people is, and and this, again, this is, it's conceptual, but stop making meaning of everything. Just because something happened doesn't mean that it means something in your brain because something that happens in front of you and I, your brain, how it's programmed and my brain, how it's programmed is going to mean make it mean very different things. You that's, I mean? hard, that's hard for people because when we don't have all yeah. the answers, we want to fill in the stories. People do it all the time. I did it. I mean, I found myself, you know, dealing with like over a decade's worth of what I call head trash. That's somebody yeah. else's term that I heard once, but I like it. It's like I had the it's stories cool. going in in my mind because I didn't have all the answers. And so my mind assigned it meaning and it made up yeah. the rest of the story. So, so how do you get people if, out of that if that's the natural tendency we have? Yeah, totally. It's a great question. You start to figure out, this is what we do in our coaching business to foundationalize people in a proper way, instead of giving them activities to just start on that builds upon a foundation that's already shaky. We start to figure out how did the meaning get made? So we start to look at the past and we start to analyze big, you know, heavy factors and heavy events and things that happened in your life. And we start to figure out that's why you made that meaning. So when it shows up in your life today, just because your boyfriend, you know, slammed the door doesn't mean that it equals the last time you remember when you were five slamming a door. So yeah, it goes deep. But if you want to really clear a, 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 a easy and clear path for your future, you absolutely have to take care of the past. You absolutely have to identify it and release it. And that's how you stop to make meaning of things. But a lot of people don't want to talk about the past, right? So often people are like, oh, the past is the past. I want to go forward from today. So how do you do it if you're one of those people who you're trying to bury the past? It sounds awesome. And avoiding the past isn't the same. It sounds like such a it sounds like such a good idea. It does. But you cannot do that. It's. It's the analogy like icing on mud. You, you, regardless, it's still mud underneath. No matter how pretty it is, you pretty it up in front, it's still mud underneath. And it, it, you're not going back to the past to dwell on it or to worry about it. You're going back to release it and say to that eight-year-old kid or that 13-year-old kid in high school who got made fun of, you're there to say, hi, it's okay. I release you. I forgive you. I don't make, this is what happened. And this is the meaning I made. I now see the correlation of how I live it in my life from the present. I am releasing this. And then you have to be responsible with your thoughts. And as they come in, when someone cuts you off in traffic or some guy cuts in front of you in line in Starbucks or. Well, that's, that's not going to happen now because Starbucks is closed. So there's, <laughs> right. there's no line. Or you think it's unfair because the coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. You start to process differently and your outcomes start to be different. 
And it's your responsibility to be active in that thought process when your brain is active all the time in the unconscious thinking. It's your job to be conscious. So for a lot of people right now, what's going on is, is you know, it's not a person doing this to them. No, nobody, right. nobody came and, and, you know, gave them the virus or gave them quarantine, you know, all this. It's, it's a society-wide thing that's out of control. In your case, you had somebody in bezel. So right. it's, I would think it's easier to say, you know, like I, I have a daughter who's a high school senior and there's a possibility that prom and graduation can be canceled. I mean, think back everybody to your, to your high school Sucks. days, right? I mean, especially if you were involved, she's the, the mascot for the school. She has a circle of friends. If, if right. you like high school while you're there and, and she has, I mean, just take a moment for all the high school seniors and college seniors out there that, that are supposed to have this monumentous thing and so many of them are being canceled. But her attitude was, if it was just my school, something had happened, I would be so bummed. She goes, but this is the whole world. This is all high school seniors everywhere. It's not just me. It's easier for her to, to release the pain and the sadness. Right. But in your case, you had a person. So what do you do yeah. if there's a person who wronged you and you're holding on, you're festering, you're saying, <laughs> I want them to apologize. How do you deal with that? Look, I can't, I can't tell you that I don't still think about it sometimes and it gets me, like it gets those feelings of anger back up. At the end of the day, it happened. And it didn't happen because I was this or I didn't do that or I should have, like you can, you can make up any variable you want. And you can variable yourself for the rest of your life, but you'll never know why it happened unless you actually go to that person. And I'm not prepared to have that conversation in person. I had the, I had the release and the surrender that I needed to move myself on. One day I will have that conversation and it will be a, it will be a constructive, nice conversation on, not you hurt me. You did this to me. I was affected this way. That's not responsible because that's not, that's not what happened because what happened is what happened. And the way I dealt with it was very different than I would have dealt with it before that. So I tell people like, it's the moment that you've got to be in control of not the next 10, not the next day, just that moment you're living in. And if your goal is here, and, and it's a really good goal and it's got a real big pin in it. If your decision in the moment is to get angry and that takes you left instead of going right and right is where your goal is, then make a decision. But you only have two choices. And that's what you have in the moment is your power of choice. It's the best part. So what last advice is, as we look at this you know, situation where entrepreneurs sure. and workers and everybody's being affected, right? People's incomes are being hurt. People's businesses are there. They're scared. What advice, what final advice do you have for the listeners of this show who, who are going through what we're all going through? Yeah, I mean, I, I love reframing conversations and reframing things that happen or, or the way people say things. This is the perfect opportunity to reframe. This is happening for me. Why is this happening for me? You know, I said in a, in a Facebook Live earlier today, my wife and I jumped on and, and, and we have a lot of friends that'll sit in their cubes. They'll sit there. Some of them are teachers. They'll sit in a classroom and they'll dream about this life where they're in control or this entrepreneurial life or this, this life where they run their own thing and they're in control of their summers and blah, 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 and their time, their weekends, but they're not going to act on it. Whereas this isn't something that this is something that's happening for you. So where you would normally like in a holiday or if you have a government shutdown or just kind of go your normal route, 
stop for a second and just journal out, just write out a couple things. Even if you're not a writer, not a journaler, just write out like 10 ideal things that if this shit does not get back online, this is ideally what I'd like to do if money and time and age and kids weren't a factor. And then let your brain start to process and work yourself like, wow, is this possible? I have a tattoo on my arm that says limitless possibilities because that's what we, we have in life is limitless possibilities. This thing is what limits us. Hmm. And so I think the coolest thing that, that I can do now and like moving forward is help people see what possibilities are there so that they can not dwell on, oh my God, this happened. I don't know about the past. How's this going to come back? But moving forward, it's like, whoa, the lanes just opened up. I, I could, I might be able to start my own business finally, or I might be able to do this. Or I know some friends that the company shut down like for six months and they got severances. And I said, take advantage, start the business now, you know? Well, it is interesting because a year ago I would probably be sitting in the corner rocking and crying. Uh, <laughs> right. But but I sort of came out of my own dark cave around November of last year. And as I face this, my, my entire business, the, the, the speaking and master of ceremonies and training part of my business, which is all of my business, Basically, my calendar just sort of freed up for, you know, from now till mid-May. And I had blocked the end of May because my daughter's wedding and my other daughter's high school graduation. Uh, right. And now that seems clear. So it's it's June uh, before I have any work. And who knows if that work will happen? I mean, that's too far out to predict what's going to happen. So part of me is like, oh, my God, what do you do, you know, financially? But I also have this very Zen feeling that uh, I need to somehow, you know, lead some of my friends through the darkness because I came out of that cave four months ago. And I realized that, you know, we can lock that door and, and, and you know worry and cry ourselves to death. But uh, I'm trying to lead the way. I'm, I'm talking a lot about this whole concept of how are we socially tightening. Uh, I'm yep. doing podcasts every day. So I get to be on video with people like you and get to see their energy yeah. and their hope and their optimism uh, instead of just being in my you know office by myself going, oh no, what happens next? I'm keeping in touch with people. I'm trying to find out who uh, who are in my, my world of other professional speakers and podcasters who are you know sitting in the corner rocking and crying. And I'm trying to make sure I reach out to them every few days. And, you know, will will I be paid off when this comes back? I don't know. You know, will I be one of those speakers who people are like, oh, let's book him. He was so bright and shiny during the sad days. Right. I don't know. You know, meet, the meetings industry is, is a fickle, weird thing. And to be honest with you, the meetings industry is going to go through some major changes. I think that my business of how speakers are hired um, and selected and chosen, I think it's going to look very different a year from now, even if the economy is healthy because of this shutdown. And I don't necessarily know what that looks like. But uh, I'm going to embrace it with a big smile and we're going to figure it out moving forward. But I couldn't have done that a year ago. So I think there's a lot of people who are probably in that position of wanting to punch the wall. And I'm telling you, as much as the money and building and and stuff and employees and stocks and all that cool stuff entrepreneurs do, getting themselves through the stuff that actually has been holding them down, I think that's super cool. Really cool. So if somebody's listening and they're like, oh my God, I need, I need a life coach like one of these guys, how do they find yeah. you? So uh, on social media, um, Instagram is at your defining moments. I'm changing that by the way, but you'll, you'll see me. Just Google my name, I-A-N-L-O-B-A-S. Lobas. You'll find me on Facebook, Lobos. social media, Twitter. Ian Lobas. Lobos. You can find him everywhere. Just Google Ian Lobas. I bet yep. there's not a lot of Ian Lobas's. There's just one. Oh my God, that's one. that's even scarier. Or just, 
you can email me ian at the low nice. super simple to get a hold of me i mean I, I i love just having these conversations so if anybody even if they're unsure of you know what route they want to take if they just want to pick my brain about something i i, I clear time in my schedule to at least do two of those a day just to just to help somebody get through just even a little you know millimeter more of what they were going through nice i try to do that too if somebody calls and wants to talk i usually will give them as much time as i have available sometimes they call yep. five minutes before i go on stage and they get five minutes sometimes right. they call during quarantine and they can talk to me for two straight weeks right so. and you're a great man i love your stories of mentorship you, you're doing some really great stuff for people well, you know, I've been really fortunate. I, I mentor these two gentlemen. I talk about them a lot on the show. They came into my life about seven years ago. They now call me their fake dad. Um, I, I thought cool older brother was a better nickname. Um, but I've developed nope. a really good, you know, really good relationship. In fact, we invited them to go to this destination wedding for my daughter. Uh, and they're like, of course we go. It's like our sister getting married. They don't even know my daughter that well, but they're like, of course right. we go. Um, so I've developed this familiar relationship with them. And most mentors don't get to that level where you're having Christmas dinner at their house. But yeah. the truth is, is that all mentors should be able to be there to, you know, be that guiding light in good and bad times. And I think that everybody, no matter how old you are, should have a mentor. So I'm glad you actually brought that up because I think it's they more should. important now it, than ever. It doesn't have to be like we talked about today, I could come on this show and talk about all the cool things I've done, building seven figure businesses and like all these great, cool, that side things. But this side, this has lasting legacy effects. This has ripple effects through generations. Mm -hmm. And that sounds as cliche as possible, but it is real. You're having a lasting effect on somebody's life that'll have an impact on, even if they don't have children, just, just people that they're hanging around. Just because you you cleared your stuff out and then gave them your time, and I think that is so neat, man. Well, and it's I think so cool. I think first of all, I know we're going to get through this whole coronavirus situation yeah, and the economy. It may take a year or two. Things will boom back, um, and I you know I I try to see myself. I've been through rough times before. I'm a bit of a survivor. We'll figure this whole thing out. But I, I just have decided through this whole thing, I just want to be one of those beacons that people can turn to and say, I'm having a bad day and I may not have the answer, but you know, I know that, you know, people like you, people like me, that's, that's our role for the next six to 10 weeks. Yeah. If not more, if not more, I think that's what we're called to do anyway. We can do cool stuff with building companies and, and, you know, making tons of money, but like, you can't leave all you can leave that behind, but it only does so much. It's like you've got to complete the pie with uh, with this other stuff. And that's really on a being level. And I'm glad you're checked in with that. So, Ian, thank you so much for jumping in and talking about this. Like I said, it's turbulent times. I'm looking for a bunch of experts in different areas. So My thanks pleasure. for for being able to jump on so fast. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say at every show, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? Uh, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Ian Lobos, and you're saying, what? How will you ever find anybody just as cool? How? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, actually, if you go back one episode, Mary Kelly might have even been cooler. So, you know. Oh, they, I will, I'll go, second that. Go I'll back that. one episode and listen to Dr. Mary Kelly. Uh, we also talked in depth about how to navigate everything that's going on, and she did it from a leadership and a finance situation. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be back soon with more episodes here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. In the meantime, if you like the show, I love it if you go leave a review uh, on Apple, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast love. But more importantly, go tell your friends because the people who listen to the show find it because somebody told them about it. Uh, and if you liked what Ian had to say, reach out to him, ian at thelobosgroup.com. All right, we'll see you in a couple days. In the meantime, 
Flex those entrepreneurial muscles. We're going to need you in this economy. Second of all, make sure that your ladder is against the right wall, that you're putting your efforts where it's supposed to be. And then finally, while you're out there doing all that, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.